Hello everyone in our first ever episode of Unsober Societies. Here are your favorite hosts, Kuba Kościelniak and Dominik Gersberg. For today we prepared four unsober places for you guys. First of all we will have great place for camping in Europe. Next one will be great party place in Uganda. After that we will visit place where you will never have sore throat in Zimbabwe, South Africa. And last but not least, place in Nepal where Winnie the Pooh has his chill spot. But before we start, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and feel free to give us some feedback and check our social media accounts. And without further ado, we will start our journey in Czech Republic. So, Dominik, do you have any vacation plans? Mm, not yet, but after this episode, maybe I will, I will have something to start with. So, imagine this situation. There is summer, you don't have enough money for vacation, but you really need a break after a couple of months of hard work. What is the best cheap option for vi- for vacation? I don't know, maybe camping or something like that. Exactly. So there is a camping spot in Czech Republic near Prague where you can chill as long as you want. I present you camping of addicts. So there are those heroin addicts that they make their own heroin. It's not really a heroin because scientists checked it, uh, checked this narcotic, and it turns out to be something more like morphine. What do you mean by that? So basically they steal poppy seeds from local farm and it's uh, not like they are stealing like one or two poppy seeds. They need something between 200 and 300 flowers to make only one dose of drug. And the best thing is that they think they're making heroin but it's actually morphine. So they collect those plants, they take only the juice from it and they cook in their camp. They cook the milk of poppy seeds a couple of times and they make uh, like 50% pure morphine. But remember, they still think that's heroin. <laughs> After cooking, they can just inject the drug, smoke it like in, like in cigarette, or they can put it in the container and sell it. Okay, but what's this camp looks like? Uh, it really looks like a small society where people help each other and care about their like addict family. <laughs> Uh, in the in this community community there are people that are more experienced with drugs and they are treated with more respect and that's pretty funny uh, like there's one guy and in this camp he's like addict alpha or something like that everyone listen what he says and help helps with cooking to less experienced people there mm, not gonna lie that's pretty wholesome right so what do you think about this type of vacation did you book your flight al- already it's not really for me but maybe for some opioids amateurs that should be great alternative okay that was fun but let me tell you something about a village in uganda do you like drinking alcohol <laughs> what kind of question is that i'm from poland of course i like drinking excellent i have a great place for you have you ever heard about waragi national treasure of uganda No, I haven't, but it sounds interesting. Okay, so basically, waragi is a moonshine made of bananas, cassava, millet, or wastes of sugarcane. It's a part of uh, Ugandan culture, and people around here really enjoy that. Maybe even too much. So, how strong the waragi is? Glad you asked. See, it's not like beer or wine. It's like vodka, but a little stronger at around 50% of alcohol. But let's go back to our village. In Kalira district, that's responsible for around 80% of Oragi production, there's a village in Kalira's hills that I want to tell you about. 
people in here can't live without waragi. They wake up and start drinking. Then they drink more. And finally, before dinner, yes, you guessed it, they drink even more. It's like a all year round party for them. <laughs> so is anyone sober there? No, even kids drink. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's sadly true. They say it's connected with initiation and some rituals. They are a group of alcoholics, so they think that's normal to drink every day and it doesn't seem like a problem to drink than do their basic activities. Some of them are addicted to the point that they say being drunk is how they feel when they don't eat food. So does it work like the Czech Republic camp of addicts? It kinda does. In the village, the most important person is the waragi maker Miss. She's treated here with much respect and cares about others. She's also the most sober person and acts like a village chief. So are you ready for the Ugandan party? Uh, I think that even my Polish blood isn't ready for this kind of party. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, that was pretty interesting. So maybe we should stay in Africa. You guys probably wonder what I meant by saying that in Zimbabwe you won't have a sore throat. Yes, and I can't wait to hear more, more about this one. So basically, Zimbabwe society is known for drinking cough syrup named Bronclear. This cough syrup contains codeine and it is the cheapest option to get high in this country. For only $5 for a bottle, they can get high and drunk at the same time. Normally, in small doses, the syrup is harmless, but highly addictive. So, is it harmless then? Ah, uh, man, what kind of question is that? Of course not. Bronclear in large quantities can lead to respiratory problems, dangerously low blood pressure, and permanent damage to the brain, heart, and liver. So, why they drink it? Towards social pressure. Most of young people there drink it because they feel that is uh, a better way of life. It kind of uh, is like if you won't drink, you won't be our friend. And if you don't know, around 90% people in Zimbabwe in is, is unemployed, unemployed. So this guy is between 6 and 30 years old, mostly just chi chill, vibe and drink the syrup. So families are plagued with um, poverty and addiction. So, is the syrup the reason for such high unemployment rate? Uh, it probably is one of the main reasons, but all of those bad things are consequences of Mugabe 37-year rule. Worth mentioning is that the government, after first democratic election, can't really deal with the problem, uh, even though the bonclear is illegal there, people still don't have problem to smuggle the syrup. Even children uh, there, if you ask one of them, will know what is in the bottle of Bonclear. Wow, that sounds like a huge deal in Zimbabwe. Yeah, it really is. Uh, imagine that the syrup is illegal there since 2015, and you still can buy it. In, uh, you still can buy it everywhere, like in shops, street, and marketplaces. <laughs> what? I can't imagine. So they just drink it or they have to prepare it somehow? It's actually kind of funny because the syrup can cause a huge problem with teeth. So they just pouring the bonclear down the throat, but they don't care about other treats. So 
it is kind of strange, you know? Yeah, you are right. But now I have a serious question. Do you like Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> yeah, sure, who doesn't? Yeah, me too. He, he really loves eating honey, and in Nepal, a tribe called Gurung harvests a special type of honey made from rhododendron. In early spring months, bees eat rhododendron flowers, and in summer, the honey is ready to consume. Can you tell me something more about this tribe? The Gurungs live in Gandaki province in Nepal. They lived there for centuries, and honey hunting is part of their tradition. They are pretty modern for a tribe living in mountains, as they have electricity and know how to use mobile phones. These people are very welcoming to tourists, which is not very common. Okay, but what's so special about this honey? See, rhododendron flowers are poisonous to most species, but not for Nepalese bees. They are immune to effects of that. So when people eat it, they are affected in some interesting ways. Some people call it mad honey because it's hallucinogenic. Many people that tried honey claims it functions like wheat because of the feeling of relaxation. But don't get greedy because overdose leads to very um, unpleasant side effects like throwing up and diarrhea. Some people even lost their sight for a couple hours. Optimal dose is set at around two spoons of honey. Hmm. So, is it a drug? Mm, Nepalese don't treat it like that. For them, it's something more like medicine. People use it to relieve pain or to overally feel better. Of course, tourists use it more as a recreational drug, but locals don't mind that. Sounds cool, but how do they harvest it? That's interesting part of the story. The honey hunters put themselves in danger every time they collect honey from the bees. Because it takes place in Nepal, which is known for being situated in Himalayas, it makes it even more exciting. Bees make their nests under cliffs, so no one will bother them. Except for honey hunters that are brave and crazy enough to go 90 meters down on a ladder made from bamboo. Similar to waragi makers and alpha addicts in Czech Republic, honey hunters are treated with enormous respect and as a honorable residence. They really have to be crazy to collect this mad honey. Hmm, so this honey seems to be the least dangerous drug of them all. Would you like to try it someday? Uh, I'm not sure, but, but that's pretty interesting option to be honest. What about you? Would you like to try it? Maybe someday, but I'm sure I wouldn't want to go to Czech Republic addicts camp. <laughs> That's for sure, but I'm interested how Waragi tastes like <laughs> and how this village looks like. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it tastes just like regular vodka. And I don't have sour throat, so I'm not really interested in broncli. Yeah, me neither. I really like my organs and teeth, to be honest. And that's all we have prepared for you guys. Uh, I hope you like it, and if you do, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and check our m social medias. Thank you for your attention. Kuba Kościelniak and Dominik Gersberg. <laughs>